much about the martyrs held under the throne of God, awaiting for their Savior to take revenge upon those who martyred them? Well, check out Revelation chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. When the Lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw underneath the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and because of the testimony which they had maintained. And they cried out with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, will you refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwelt on the earth? God takes persecution of his children seriously. Many Bible readers interpret this passage to include all believers who suffered persecution. I'm not one of them. I believe these martyrs are the 144,000 pure bloodline Jews who became indwelt by Christ during the tribulation. Each of these believers will be killed under the most horrid forms of persecution of all history. They will most likely be slaughtered for their faith under the worst conditions through the period of Satan's most relentless acts of revenge, the Great Tribulation. Welcome to number 25, the 70 weeks of Daniel. All outspoken believers suffer persecution from one form or another. These souls are a special breed of Jews, so much so that each will have a DNA that connects them to the 12 tribes of Israel. After the rapture, God will shift his focus to Israel. Before the rapture, his focus was on the age of grace or what the Old Testament calls the age of the Gentiles, which has been in play since Daniel's vision. After the rapture, the age of grace is closed, completed. This shift is for God to surface the remaining bloodline Jews who are authentic tribal descendants of the 12 tribes. Since Satan's goal during the tribulation is to eradicate the authentic Jews, thus God's focus will be to redeem the remaining pure Jews, which happens to be perfect numerically, 144,000, 12,000 from each tribe, not one number short or more, will be saved during this time. If you're one of those believers who thinks God doesn't care about DNA, you are in for a God-sized surprise. You're what biblical Paul calls blind. Romans chapter 11 verses 25 through 26 tells us this, For I do not want you, brethren, to be uninformed of this mystery, so that you will not be wise in your own estimation, that a partial hardening 
blindness has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel will be saved, just as it is written, the Deliverer will come from Zion. He will remove ungodliness from Jacob. Folks, the fullness of the Gentiles is completed on the moment of the rapture, or the great gathering of the saints. Once this moment has passed, all of Israel, the remaining 144,000, is saved. As soon as God has rescued this group, Satan takes the seat in the Holy of Holies in the final temple. Not only after this bold move by Satan, Jesus is compelled to come back in his second coming. However, this is a time without grace. He will be a warrior in warrior mode, full of revenge and packed with a punch. As most intent Bible readers know, it activates a war that ends all wars. It's not pretty. As a method of rescuing the martyred 144,000, sad to say, it is accomplished through Satan, through the Antichrist, slaughtering these Jews. So much so that their spilled blood will flow like a river. If I were you, I would have a question. If all the believers are raptured out, who will evangelize these Jews? The answer is difficult for most to understand. God doesn't send Billy Graham or any other evangelist back to the earth. He sends two Old Testament prophets. Not only does God refocus on the law, he fully knows he has fulfilled the age of grace. It is all about the law during the tribulation, both on Satan's part and God's. These two prophets will lead the Jews to Christ through the fulfilled law of Christ through these two prophets. Not only that, as the bloodline Jews get converted, these Israelis evangelize other pure bloodline Jews until all 144,000 are born again in the authentic life of Jesus Christ. Read about that in Revelation 7:4. When completed, each is sealed with the mark of God. 7, 7, 7. Reviewing our scriptures for today, study chapter 9 of Daniel. Today we're going to focus on verses 24 through 26. It says, Seventy weeks have been decreed for your people and your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sin, to make atonement for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. 
So you are to know and discern that from the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah, the Prince, there will be seven weeks and seventy-two weeks. It will be built again with plaza and moat, even in times of distress. Then after the 62 weeks, the Messiah will be cut off and have nothing. And the people of the Prince, who is to come, will destroy the city and the sanctuary. And its end will come with a flood. Even to the end there will be war. Desolations are determined. Looking at martyrdom will be a daily occurrence. When the tribulation begins, so will martyrdom. When the Antichrist runs across any who defy his leadership, death by torture will result. While his first three and a half years will be advertised as peace, it will be a fake peace. The madness method is simple. If any resistors surface to the kind of peace presented by the Antichrist, a hidden motive of death by disbelief will ensue. This leader's kind of peace is to follow the ways of the Antichrist to remain under his peace or rumors of death will become their reality. Satan is given only seven years to shift humanity to hate the Hebrew God and worship him. Overall, temporarily, his mission is successful. That is, until he encounters the pure bloodline Jews and those who are loyal to Judaism. This sends Satan into a rage. It is also why the second half of the tribulation is titled the Great Tribulation. As Daniel's vision reveals, the false prophet will build a golden image of the Antichrist. The proof of loyalty to the converts of Satan is to either bow to the global leader's image or be cast into the furnace of fire. In this, all practicing Jews refuse to do so. These Jews refuse to worship any other god than the god of the Hebrews. Zechariah said that two-thirds of all practicing Jews on the earth would be slaughtered in the tribulation period. So does the book of Revelation. Furthermore, he states, I will bring the one-third through the fire, will refine them as silver is refined, and test them as gold is tested. That's in Zechariah 13, verses 8 and 9. Honestly, this is when Satan's wrath turns into spilling the blood of these Jews into the streets like a river running through it. Who are the one-third? 
the 144,000 pure bloodline Jews. That's who they are. Does this mean that they won't die by the hand of Satan? No, it does not. It means they survived in their loyalty to the born-again message being presented by the two prophets. Meaning, one-third of the remaining Jews became indwelt by the life of Christ during this time. While two-thirds remained loyal to their Old Testament beliefs in Judaism, did the two-thirds end up in heaven? Probably not. When we shift to the book of Revelation, we discover the tribulation period as the time when every faithful Jew must face martyrdom as an expected action of their enemy, meaning that they must embrace that death is inevitable if they remain loyal to the God of the Hebrews. There are no exceptions to this rule. Now looking at the 70 weeks of Daniel, Daniel speaks about these 70 weeks of prophecy. His prophecy speaks of a total of 490 years since each week represents seven years. As per God's norm, everything is done in a seven-year cycle. The first 69 weeks began when Nehemiah was called to rebuild Jerusalem and ended when Jesus entered Jerusalem and presented himself as the Messiah for the Jewish people. However, the 70th week will start at the beginning of Satan's tribulation and will end when Jesus comes in his second coming. Daniel 9.24 says this, Seventy weeks have been decreed for your people and your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sin, to make atonement for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. The first 69 weeks took place between 445 B.C. and 32 A.D. This included the empires of the Greeks and Romans. The final week begins when the new Rome surfaces through the European Union, also known as the Tribulation. It is evidenced when the authentic believers within the seven churches are raptured off the earth. At that time, the ten-horned beast, stated in Daniel 7, would restore the Roman Empire, appointing a leader that could rule the world. During this time, the following prophecies are fulfilled as stated in Revelation's book in this order. Number one, the first six seals are opened, which are conquer, no peace, famine, pestilence, martyrs, earthquake, and the sun blackened. 
That's right out of Revelation chapter 6 through chapter 8. Number two, four angels, four corners of the earth, four winds released upon the earth. Revelation 7 verse 1. Number three, the 144,000 Jews are persecuted and redeemed. That's Revelation 7 verses 5 through 8. Number four, the seven trumpets sound, which are hail, fire, and blood, mountains into the sea, stars fall, third of the sun, moon, and stars are darkened, demon locusts from the abyss, and then demon riders from the Euphrates, and finally earthly kingdoms become the kingdom of Jesus. That's in Revelation chapter 8 through chapter 11. Number five, the seven thunders sound, which is judgment is coming. And that is in Revelation 10, verses 3 and 4. Number six, the two witnesses or prophets arrive. That can be found in Revelation chapter 11, verses 1 through 14. In three and a half days, which is the two prophets die and publicly are resurrected. Revelation chapter 11, verses 7 through 14. Number eight, the mark of the beast, six, six, six. Read more about that in Revelation 13, verses 11 through 18. Number nine, the three angels, which come from heaven to make a final announcement. Read the details about those announcements in Revelation chapter 14, verses 6 through 12. Number 10, the seven bowls of judgment, which includes sores, the sea turns to blood, fresh water turns to blood, People are scorched by the sun. Darkness and pain fill the earth. And the Euphrates dries up. And the great earthquake with 100-pound hailstones hit the earth. Read that in Revelation chapter 16. Number 11, seven heads, seven mountains, and seven kings destroyed. Rome which is the six fallen Roman emperors and the Antichrist himself. That's Revelation 17, verses 7 and 9. Finally, number 12, the seven visions. Heaven opens great supper of God, beasts and kings ready for war, the 1,000-year millennial reign of Jesus Christ, Judgment and Satan's doom, the judgment of the dead, and of course the vision of the new heaven and earth. Read more about that in Revelation 19, verse 11, all the way through chapter 22, verse 5. So there you have it. As you can see, much will happen in the final week of Daniel's 
70-week prophecy. The best way to view this is to calculate all the events in the first 69 weeks, magnify them, put them on steroids, and hand them to the Antichrist in the final week of Daniel's prophecy. The final week spoken of, which is the Great Tribulation, is the most horrid of all of them. Looking at in the middle of the 70th week, Daniel 9.27 says this, And he will make a firm covenant with the many for one week. But in the middle of the week, he will put a stop to sacrifice and grain offering. And on the wing of abominations will come one who makes desolate, even until complete destruction, one that is decreed is poured out on the one who makes desolate. Who is this he? What is this covenant? And who are the many? The he is the Antichrist. The covenant is the fake peace agreement he makes with Israel. The many could be other countries outside of Israel. However, his main focus is to deceive Israel into placing their holy land under the rule of the Antichrist. In the middle of this week or seven-year reign, Israel catches on to his manipulative ways and ends the agreement, thus instigating mayhem in Israel. He, the Antichrist, will slaughter one-third of all the Jews. He will destroy Israel as we know it. In conclusion, Daniel's prophecies remind us of God's faithfulness to warn the believers and the urgency of sharing the gospel with others before the 70th week kicks in. Sad to say, most modern Christians will do a blow-by regarding this mission. Since statistics reveal that most Bible readers avoid studying the prophecies, many will be caught off guard, minimally confessing their selfish interests in protecting number one. And of course that would be themselves. As we study prophecy, we all should be motivated to share the good news of the indwelling life of Jesus with family, friends, and strangers. This is the leading proof of salvation, sharing with others so they too will be saved from the wrath to come and join all indwelled Christians in our heavenly home for eternity, worshiping God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. However, since the road is narrow and fewer on it, the largest percentage of quote-unquote Christians will blow this warning to the earth's four winds. Hmm, maybe this is proof they are not authentic to start with. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 10 says, 
to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, that is Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath to come. I think this would be a good message to get out to the lost. Coming up next is number 26, Daniel's terrifying vision of a man. In this next episode, we will continue our journey in chapter 10 and the two following chapters. Yes, we have another of Daniel's remarkable visions. It is both the last and the longest recorded, occupying, as it does, nearly three whole chapters of the book, significantly revealing the terror of a man that is yet to come. However, Daniel begins his description of Jesus, and it matches the image of Christ given to us in Revelation. We will also begin to unfold the kings of the north and the south, and of course, the time of the end. We hope that you join us for number 26. It should be an exciting one. But until then, if you have not listened to the previous episodes of The Book of Daniel, I would encourage you to do so. Until next time, <laughs>